Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Stephen Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. For a few minutes on the purpose, I can't cover this whole subject. That's why we're going to spend a month on prayer and fasting. But I am going to talk to you a bit about the purpose of prayer and fasting. And I'm reading from James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Thereby humbling yourselves in the sight of the Lord, he shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. So we're going to talk about the purpose of prayer and fasting. God bless you. You may be seated. So let's first talk about what is fasting? What is fasting? Um, did, every, did you all get a handout? Okay, looks like I see a lot of them floating around. You can take notes on this if you would like um, and refer to it throughout the week. What is fasting? It is the giving up of earthly pleasures to make room for spiritual pleasures and power and authority. Fasting means the covering of the mouth. You can't eat when your mouth is covered. And food, especially in America, like no other country, is one of our greatest pleasures. But, I'm just going to tell on myself, those of you that have ever had a meal with me, you've probably heard this before. I'll get done eating a meal and I'll say, what's for dessert? Because I always got to have something sweet after I eat a good meal, you know. So, what's for dessert? I thoroughly enjoy eating. Looks like some of you do too. Okay? So, But in our eating, we can drown sometimes the Spirit of God in our life. We can become so addicted to caffeine. Now remember, I'm talking about myself too, so don't get excited. We can get addicted to caffeine. We can get addicted to sugar and sweets and soda. You know, and all of those things that really are not very good for us on a regular basis. And so when you begin to fast, you're going to notice it right away. No matter what fast you're on, Daniel or refiners or when you start taking away caffeine and you start taking away sugar, you're going to notice a change in your body right away. You may even get some headaches. You may feel cold you may feel like you have less energy because the things that I just mentioned can give you an instant push and then a withdrawal. And now when you withdraw from them for any length of time, your body has been used to craving that and it says, I want that back. And so it tries to let you know that it misses what you're sacrificing. But the process of fasting will cleanse your body And eventually, it will help you to be stronger, 
more vibrant, more alert, and with greater energy if you stick with it. But a couple of days will be tough. I know there's got to be an amen in the house. Some of you are knowing that what I'm saying is true because you're going through it. It is drawing nigh and humbling, the humbling of our flesh and its desires before God. Psalm 35 and 13 says, but as for me, when they were sick, my, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into my own bosom. So fasting, is hum- it brings humility to your life as well. It will bring humility to your life. Romans 7 and 18, from a scriptural standpoint, what, are, what is fasting? I know that in me, Paul said, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. How many of you have found this to be true? In your flesh dwells no good thing. Anger, unforgiveness, pride, all of those things are the works of the flesh which are manifest and they are not good. Fasting will bring them out. 2 Corinthians 11 and 27, Paul talked about how often he fasted. And he concluded by saying, I was in weariness and painfulness. I was in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. If you want to be like Paul, you're going to have to do some of the things Paul did. He prayed, he fasted, he sought God. He studied, he learned to walk in the Spirit. And he did this, it doesn't say how many times, it only says often, often. Fasting is also a weakening of the flesh, but it is a strengthening of the Spirit. And eventually, it will not only be a strengthening of the Spirit of God, but it will be a strengthening of your own spirit a strengthening of your human spirit. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You may feel weak in the flesh, and you will, but you will become strong and mighty in the spirit. And I'm going to show you some of the benefits um, in just a few minutes. So that's what fasting is. But I also want to share with you what fasting is not. Fasting is not. Fasting is not a diet or a weight loss program. Well, you know, I'm a little chunky. Probably wouldn't hurt for me to just stop eating for a while. Lose a little weight. That's not the purpose of fasting. Not the purpose. It's it's not a diet program. It is not a hunger strike. It is not. Not meant to be that. It is a sacrifice unto the Lord for something better than what you are. See, when we give things up spiritually, it's not just to be a martyr. 
but it's because we believe God has something better for us. So we make room in our flesh and in our life to get rid of things that are not benefiting us for something that will benefit us more. That's the way you need to look at it. It is a sacrifice. It's okay to say amen to it being a sacrifice. I miss my candy and my sweets and all that stuff, but it's a sacrifice. And it will make me a better Christian. Sac- uh, fasting is not a badge of spirituality. Do not go around telling people how many days you're fasting. Please don't do that. That's why I noticed on the sheet in the back where we wanted to make sure that every day was covered, I, mo- I noticed so many people just scribbling initials on rather than their name. I was glad to see that. I don't want to see somebody's name on there that they fasted for 30 days. <laughs> it could give you a pride rather than a humility. Look at how much I fast and how spiritual I am and how great I am in God. That's not what fasting is for. It's not for that. Take a look here at what Jesus said about it in Matthew six sixteen. He said, when you fast... Not if you fast. Not how often should you fast. But when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What reward? The praise of men. You know, that's not what this is about. But when you fast, do not appear unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and the Father which is in, seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let the reward, that lets you know that there are rewards to fasting. But the rewards come from God and not from men. And we're not doing this to impress one another. I'm glad to hear a few amens. Not to impress one another. To draw closer to God. To humble ourselves before God. That we might hear and see and be more greatly used of God. That's why we're doing this. But it needs to be done in humility. So let me talk for a little bit about the benefits. What are some of the benefits of fasting? Now let's go to Mark chapter 9. This is Mark 9 and 17. One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto, you, unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tears him, referring to the spirit. And he foams and gnashes with his teeth, and he pines away. And I, I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. If you drop to, to 28... It will say, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind cometh forth by nothing, but by prayer and by fasting. Fasting will give you victory first of all and foremost over your own flesh. You have got to be able to tell your flesh what it will do and what it won't do what it will think 
and what it won't think. What it will say and what it will not say. You have to take authority over your own flesh and it starts with prayer and fasting. But then you go to another dimension. You go to the dimension of demons, evil spirits. And authority comes from prayer and fasting. And that's what Jesus said. The reason you guys couldn't cast him out and I could was because you're not fasting. You're in the flesh. Remember, they don't have the Holy Ghost. They've not received the Holy Ghost. They're receiving instruction. They're receiving training. They're being taught how to pray. They don't fast. And there are limitations on what they can do. But in prayer and fasting, you can take authority over these spirits after you've taken authority over your own flesh. Praise God. That is wonderful teaching. I appreciate that so much. I'm learning while I'm teaching, by the way. (laughs) Romans 8 and 13, if we live after the flesh, we will die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Fasting helps us to overcome our flesh. But then there's the third thing that it does for us. We learn how to walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 and 16. This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after the Spirit, and the Spirit against against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Why can't I do the things that I know I should be doing? Because you're only in the flesh. And the flesh has all these limitations. But in prayer and in fasting, we learn how to walk in the Spirit. God teaches us where to go and how to behave ourselves when we're there. We now have authority over our flesh and over demons so that we can now begin to minister. But you have to get these other things out of the way first. There is a resistance from our flesh and there is a resistance from an ungodly kingdom that we have to break through before we can powerfully minister in the spirit. And we can't do that in just our flesh. I would say this too. I'm just throwing this in because it's popping in my head right now. Woe be to us as the children of God and people of ministry if we ever think that we can do this on our own. I can just get in the pulpit and, and tell stories and, you know, I really don't need to pray and I don't need to fast and I don't need to study and I don't need to seek God and I don't need to learn how to walk in the Spirit. I can do this on my own. You're nothing without God's anointing. You're nothing. You could even be a good orator and you're still nothing. You can be a good singer and you're still nothing. You're nothing without the Spirit of God and without the anointing of God. And how do I get that? 
prayer, fasting, seeking after God, learning to walk in the Spirit. Learning how to walk in the Spirit. We need to hear the voice of God. Now, hearing the voice of God can be a little tricky. And we need to learn how to try the spirits and all of that. But I really believe that although you may never hear an audible voice, because you wouldn't have to have any faith if you heard an audible voice, and we're walking a walk of faith. Can I get an amen to that? We're walking a walk of faith. And so God has got to be able to speak to our minds. He's got to be able to do that. And we have to tune in the radio, so to speak, to the frequency that God uses to speak to us. We need to hear what the Spirit says to us. I believe that you can be in your car and God can tell you to slow down. He can tell you to take a different route. But we got to hear that. I believe that you can be in a grocery store and God can say, that person right over there, go over there and offer him a word of kindness. Just trust me to speak to them. I believe God can do that. I believe that, that you can go to a Bible study and lack confidence, even though you've prayed and fasted and studied and you're still nervous and you get there and you get in that Bible study and the anointing of God comes over you and God begins to speak to you so that he can speak through you. That's what I believe should be happening in the pulpit. It should be happening right now. Sure, I've got some good notes, and we, you all have a sheet. You know where I'm going. But God's got to be able to say, add this and take away that. We can't put God in a, in a playbook. We need to hear the voice of God. Take a look at the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 2. As they were ministering unto the Lord, they fasted. And the Holy, and the Holy Ghost said... Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they continued to fast and pray, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. How did they know to do that? God spoke to them. There's no audible voice here that I can see. But they knew. They heard from God. We need to learn how to hear from God. Finally, we need to be able to see the word of God come to life. These are some of the benefits of fasting again. Seeing the word of God come to life. Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples when they said, boy, they they just don't seem to be getting this. He said, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. He recognized that there were some people that were not able. There's more kinds of blindness and deafness and muteness than what we experience in the physical realm. There's the spiritual realm. There are some people that are in the spiritual realm that are deaf. And they can't see. Therefore, they can't speak. But God wants us to be able to learn to walk, to be able to hear, 
to be able to see so that we will be able to speak. Amen? So that we will be able to speak. Isaiah 58. Verse six says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? And then he lists things that he's going to do. Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. And to break every yoke. He's listed four things here. Can we do any of these four things? No. We can't. God can. After fasting, through us. But in ourselves, in our flesh, we can't do any of these things. You have never healed anyone. Remember, you've been taught. You've been taught that when, when God speaks to you and says, pray for this brother, he just said that he needs a healing. You've been taught. You've been instructed. Lay hands on him, pray the prayer of faith. Let God do the rest. That's what you've been taught to do. Can I get an amen to that? Okay, and you've also been taught that if he receives his healing, to God be the glory and not to you. To God be the glory. You've also been taught, you've been instructed in this church that if you pray for someone and they don't get healed, you don't take the blame. You don't take the glory, you don't take the blame, you do what you're supposed to do and the rest is between God and them. Right? But there are some things that you can't do. It's gotta be God. You can't save a soul. We use that terminology loosely, but I've never saved a soul. I may have witnessed to a soul, I may have... I may have taught a soul, I may have invited a soul, but I've never filled anybody with the Holy Ghost. I haven't died for their sins. I'm not their savior. Therefore, I can't be their judge either. So these are the four things that you can't do. And then he goes on and says, is it not to deal bread to the hungry? to bring the poor that are cast to your own house? When you see somebody that's naked, shouldn't you cover him? And should you not hide yourself from your own flesh? These are four more things. But these four, we can do. The first four, we can't. Say, well, I don't have enough money to feed the hungry. Well, stop eating. Now you got extra groceries. You can feed the hungry. You got a warm house? Might be able to help somebody out for a little while till they get back on their feet. You got any extra clothes in your closet? Might want to go through your closet and if you don't know somebody to give it to, take it down to Goodwill. Well, I wouldn't get any glory out of that. Nobody would know that I gave the shirt, the pants, the dress, the suit coat. That's what it's all about. God knows. 
He knows their need and he knows you've got it. So when he speaks to you to do it, you do it. And that's how he meets the needs of other people. And to God be all the glory. Amen? Remember I said, now I gotta let God talk to me. I could ramble on here for another 20 minutes, but I don't, I don't think I need to. So let me give you one, one more thought. And um, who's upstairs tonight? Cheryl. Carol. Carol, can you do me a favor? Can you, I'm going to go through this last passage of scripture, but can you prepare our defined targets for prayer and fasting? Can you pull that up on the screen so that during the altar call, the time that we spend in prayer, we can be focused on those if you have that available up there. I'm just trying to give you a heads up. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25, 21. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Now the children struggled together within her and she said, if I'm really pregnant, if it be so, why am I thus? And so she went to inquire of the Lord. Why am I having such a struggle inside of me during this pregnancy? And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in your womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from your bowels. The one will be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Now, I'm going to give you the spiritual application of what this means. Sometimes when there's a struggle in us, it's because God is about to birth something. And it's something good. That's number one. The struggle inside of you. I feel good about this. The struggle inside of you is about to birth something good. Do not abort the pregnancy. Stick with it. Let it be full term. It's going to be good. Somebody say amen. But then he also said, there are two manners of people in you. There are two manners of people in me. There are. I have a, yes, I have received the Holy Spirit, but I still have this human spirit. And you can't cast out a human spirit. You're going to have to learn how to take authority over your flesh or your flesh is going to take authority over you. And when your flesh takes authority over you, it's called sin. But when you take authority over your flesh, it's called righteousness or holiness. But there are two manners of people inside of every one of us. We have the ability to do good and we have the ability to do evil. And he said, now that you know that, I want you to know that one will be stronger than the other one. That's the fourth point of this. In one verse, four good points. 
And this point is, one will be stronger than the other. Well, the question is, which one will be stronger than the other? The one you feed will be stronger than the other. Isn't that great revelation? Whichever spirit you feed the most is gonna be the strongest in your life. If you do the works of the flesh, guess what? The flesh is gonna lead your life into sin. But if you feed the spirit of God, if you pray, if you fast, if you read God's word, if you seek God, if you learn to walk in the spirit, hear the voice of God, that spirit is gonna be stronger inside of you than your flesh and you can fulfill God's will in your life. Whichever spirit you feed will be stronger than the other one. So when we're fasting, not only are we not feeding our flesh, we're starving our flesh. And it becomes, it becomes weaker. And the spirit of God becomes stronger inside of us. That's what it means when it says, when I am weak, then am I strong. My flesh is weak, but my spirit is strong. Amen? And then the last point in the same verse. This is prophetic. And the elder shall serve the younger. Who was the elder? Esau. He was the firstborn. He had the birthright. He was entitled to the blessing, all the benefits of that. I'm not going to go into that right now. But he was the elder son. And as the elder son, he was supposed to rule under his father. But prophetically speaking, God told her, the elder will serve the younger. What is the younger spirit in your life? It's the spirit of God. You weren't born with the spirit of God. You were born with a human spirit and a human flesh. But you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to say, and the elder will serve the younger. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Let's stand together. So don't, don't give up on prayer and on fasting. And, and I'm going to give you this bit of a word of encouragement. It's good to set goals. It's good to say, you know what, I'm fasting this day. I'm fasting three days. I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And if you fail, get right back up again. Get right back up. Oh, man, I failed again. Oh, man, I forgot that I couldn't. I, you know, I, I gave up caffeine and I drank a cup of coffee by accident. The fast is over. I might as well just go gorge myself. No, don't do that. God is merciful. Oh, I guess, I, I'm sorry, I guess, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm gonna keep, it's not how many times a person gets knocked down. That's not what matters. It's how many times you get back up. So if you fail, get back on the horse. Jesus, we're thankful tonight for this fast that you have chosen and that you have called us to. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God 
and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.